you are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, the daily podcast covering all of Major League Baseball and part of the Locked On Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockdownMLB, or you can follow me at Sully Baseball, or on Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast. You can get Lockdown MLB on the brand new podcasting app for the Laya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also go to the website, LockdownMLB.com, to hear the show directly. You can get to your car, tell your smart device to play podcast, Lockdown MLB. Check out all the other shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network to get your team every day and listen to the takes of local experts on all the biggest stories. Hey, it's the 18th day of April 2019. Sorry this podcast is being posted late today, but I was going to post this so it would be there when you woke up in the morning. And uh, your pal Sully wasn't feeling very well. I was feeling sick. I was, do you understand what I mean by sick? I was on the IL. So I was going to, actually at one point I was going to just drop an evergreen podcast I had, which was another part of my interview with Morgan Price of the uh, Lockdown Rangers podcast. But I wanted to address some stuff that happened on Wednesday. And so I figured, you know what? Better late than never. Your pal Sully is feeling better right now. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some baseball. First of all, the bat flip heard round the world. Anderson hit a home run for the White Sox uh, in the middle innings. Was not a walk-off. Tossed the bat aside. Beautiful bat flip. There was balls being thrown at players, bench-clearing brawls, all this stuff. I, I, I'm i not going to get too into it because I used to talk about this a lot on the old podcast, and I've talked about it before. Nothing annoys me more than fake toughness. I'm not a fan of fake toughness. I like actual toughness. But people who act tough and they're really showing weakness really annoys me. If you're annoyed that someone hit a home run off of you, my suggestion to you is don't throw a pitch that the person hits a home run. Throw a better pitch. Your job as a pitcher is to avoid putting situations where the batter gets on base. If you hit the batter with a pitch, then by definition, you're not doing your job. And you're not showing how tough you are by throwing at them. You are actually showing how weak you are. In any other context, this is not a hard concept to understand. You don't like how Anderson celebrated? Then get him out next time. I'm not even going to talk about the the cultural and the racial and all the other issues that go on there, although I acknowledge at least an elephant was in the room at one point. I'm just talking about the pure baseball part of it. I would rather have a bat flip and a marching band follow him around the diamond than to have someone throw a pitch at someone's head. One is good for the game, which is home runs and celebrations. We show that. We show the celebrations. We seem to enjoy it. 
Was Joe Carter showing up Mitch Williams? Was Carlton Fisk showing up Pat Darcy? Kirk Gibson, who was Mr. Tough, fake, tough guy when he was manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, was, when he hit his home run, not even talking about the one he hit off of Eckersley, when he hit the home run off of Gossage in the 84 World Series, he celebrated in a way that George Bailey running down the streets of Bedford Falls would look at that and go, hey, come on, I'm celebrating, but you've got to tone it down a little. Yes, those are all World Series home runs. Not a home run in the middle of an April game. How many chances are the White Sox going to have to celebrate? Celebration should be something of joy. And if you're taking it personally, do you know what? That's a you issue. So, I mean, that's all I'm going to say on this topic. Uh, I don't like beanballs. I've never liked beanballs. I've always found it to be dull as hell. Uh, you know, going around the majors right now, market corrections are happening around baseball. The Seattle Mariners got off to a 13-2 start. Now they're in the middle of a six-game losing streak and coming back to the pack. In fact, it isn't going to be long before the Rangers, who are who have fewer losses than the Mariners at this point, may bring them back to the pack. Detroit got off to a really good start. They were 8-4 and four at one point. Hey, they're 8-9 and nine now. Market corrections happen. You saw the Padres run off and take first place from the L.A. Dodgers. Now, Dodgers have passed them in the middle of a four-game winning streak. Although later today, the Padres are playing a game against the Reds, an important game for the Padres because the Reds are not a good team. If the Padres want to be a surprise contender this year, they got to start winning them. And I think not only are they going to win today, but I predict Chris Paddock will throw today the first no-hitter in the history of the San Diego Padres. Man, I'm posting this so late, a couple of the games are already over, and we're starting to see that there's a slugfest going on between the White Sox and the Tigers. The Giants and the Nationals, the Giants just can't score. The Blue Jays and the Twins are loading up a lot of runs. And one game's already over between the Diamondbacks and the Braves. The D-backs are now 10-9. and nine. I don't think they're real contenders this year. I think the Dodgers are better. I think the scrum in the National League East is better. I think maybe two, maybe as many as three teams are better than them in the NL Central. So the odds of the D-backs contending this year are relatively slim. And it's, you know, expected. Especially after they trade away Paul Goldschmidt, the centerpiece of the franchise, their MVP candidate. That was them announcing to the world we're in the middle of a rebuild. But the middle of spring training, the D-backs signed Adam Jones, longtime Baltimore Oriole, beloved Baltimore Oriole, wanted to stay in Baltimore, but they're in the middle of a rebuild as well. And Jones, who is one, you know, gold glove outfielder, all-star player, had a down year and got no bites. Got no bites out there until deep into spring training, and the Diamondbacks signed to a one-year, $3 million deal, a steal. Now, yes, I know in the context of you and of me, getting a $3 million deal would be the greatest payday in our entire life. But a player like Jones at least felt he had more worth than that. But alas, here he is. Now, have you seen what Jones is doing so far? I bet, I mean, look, you're listening to a locked-on baseball podcast, so chances are you're a big enough baseball fan that maybe you've glanced or have a notion or maybe he's on your fantasy team. 
But as of this recording, Jones is batting 320. He got a walk and a hit today, and he drove in a run. He has an OPS of an even 1,000, and he has five home runs. If he's still like RBI, he's got 13 of them already. He's off to a very good start. A very good start. And, you know, with the Diamondbacks, they're currently they have a winning record. And with the Rockies off to a horrible start, if they are indeed having a down year, that could open up a wild card spot in the middle of the scrum. And who knows? Maybe the D-backs can go somewhere. They probably won't. Which leads us back to Adam Jones who is a, by all accounts, good guy and one of those veterans who probably should have a ring by now. Now, if a team needs another bat, like, I don't know, say the Indians, Jones is a valuable chip. And I'm not saying they're going to, the Diamondbacks are going to pry loose a blue chip in, you know, they're not going to get Vlad Guerrero Jr. for him. But if you look up and say, hey, you need a bat, and a guy who's good in the clubhouse, and that kind of veteran that you rally around, like you know Marco Scudero in the 2012 World Series for the Giants. There's always those one veteran. God, this this could be your chance for your first ring, Carlos Beltran and Justin Verlander. Adam Jones is one of those kind of guys, and that could be worth a good high A player. And like Cleveland, I mentioned Cleveland. So I thought that was a logical spot for him in the offseason. And I still believe he's a great fit. You know, after all, they, an outfield of Bowers and Martin and Nequin, and they brought in Cargo and they brought in Greg Allen off the bench. That doesn't really remind people of Bell, Lofton, and Ramirez in Cleveland. The Indians are getting solid pitching. They got a great performance from Carrasco the other day. Adding Jones and having Lindor come off the injured list is like making two trades. That could potentially boost the offense for a team that is, you know, by all accounts, going to probably win the AL Central this year. So this is a smart move for the D-backs, especially if their scouting department could pry loose a good player in single A, who may be someone who develops, if not into a star, then maybe an everyday player, maybe a good reliever or something like that. For a team that's looking to rebuild, and hopefully for them rebuild rather quickly, that could be one of the shrewdest moves made in the offseason. Take a little break, talk about Blue Chew, and when we come back, I'm going to address the Red Sox. But remember to get the show every day, subscribe to Lock.MLB on the new Himalaya podcast app. In this ever-changing podcast world, you need, you need it, you need Himalaya with a personally curated playlist and new features every single day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On MLB. All right, I know my mom is listening to this, so mom, just do me a favor and skip ahead a little bit. That'd be great. Thanks. All right, everybody else, let's talk about sex. Good, ready-to-go sex. Now, you can increase your performance and build up your confidence. Everyone but my mom, listen up. I'm talking about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients 
as Viagra or Cialis so you know they work. Take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, while stuck in traffic after a Dodger game. I don't judge. They're chewable and they work twice as fast as the pills, so you know you'll be ready quicker than a manager can make a pitching change. Now, everyone I know has tested it, and I have many trustworthy friends who confide with me very personal details. They all tell me it gives them a little extra and it works great. Now, we baseball fans, we know all about getting a little edge with performance enhancers. And this is just isn't for people who can't perform. This is for anyone who wants uh, something a little extra. Look, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no awkwardness. In fact, the only awkwardness involved in Blue Chew is knowing that my mom is probably still listening. Made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. All of that just by going to BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Once again, B-L-U-E Chew.com, promo code MLB. Try it for free. BlueChew, the better cheaper and faster choice. Thank you for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast. I do not hide the fact that I'm a native New Englander living on the West Coast, and I am a Red Sox fan. I try not to make this a Red Sox-centric podcast. There's already Locked On Red Sox, and people have a tendency to think that we Red Sox fans only care about our team and, and blather on too much about it. But I am going to talk about them right now because they lost a gut punch game to the Yankees the other day on the Grand Slam by Brett Gardner. I can accept the Grand Slam by Aaron Judge. Brett Gardner? Really? And wasting a good, solid pitching performance by Nathan Neovaldi. The Red Sox are now off to the worst start that they've had since the 1996 season, a season which they wound up with a winning record and contended down the stretch, but got off to such a rotten start that it basically torpedoed any real chance they had to win that year, and they wound up being on the outside looking in. The Boston Red Sox, thankfully, are off on Thursday, so they can't lose. But they are 6-13. and 13. The defending World Series champions are putting up the most feeble World Series defense since, well, the 2014 Red Sox. They're not quite at 1997 Marlins level yet. But there is something about this team that is really troubling. And to explain why I'm troubled only, you know, 20-some-odd games into the season, or less than 20 games, nice math there, Sully, I'm going to humble brag a little bit, but there's a reason for it. I have a master's degree. That's how smart I am. Your pal Sully has a master's. I have a master's degree in communications from Washington State University. Go Cougs. Now, in one of my classes that I took in terms of, I think it was uh, about marketing. Yeah, it was one of my marketing classes. We learned a little bit about the value of sample sizes and what you can learn from them and how big a sample size you should have and how many people you should survey. And my teacher, she 
in one of her lectures, said to me something I'll never forget. He said, you don't need to eat the entire bowl of soup to know what the soup tastes like. Sometimes, even with a small sample size, you can tell when something is wrong with the soup. And sometimes you can tell that something is wrong with a marketing campaign or something, even with a small sample size of opinions. For me, I like to think less about soup and more about spaghetti sauce, because I make really good spaghetti sauce. And there are times that I'll dip my spoon into the spaghetti sauce or a piece of bread. And with that, I can tell, just that tiny little bit, I can tell if something's wrong and needs to be changed. Well, guess what? I don't need to eat the whole bowl of spaghetti sauce to know if something's wrong. And I don't need to see more than 20 games to see that there's something wrong on the base foundational level of the 2019 Boston Red Sox. This doesn't feel like a slump to start the season. This feels like something's wrong. Now, I have seen a couple times the Red Sox go to the World Series and the next year they put up a losing record. In 1986, they got to within one strike of winning the World Series and they had a losing record the next year. And on paper, it seems strange that they had a losing record because it was basically the same team coming back and they wound up having a Cy Young season from Roger Clemens and an All-Star season from Bruce Hurst and they had a tremendous lineup with MVP caliber performances from people like Evans and Boggs and big numbers from Greenwell and Burks. But it didn't work out. Clemens was a mess the first half of the season. Hurst was a mess the second half of the season. The bullpen was dreadful, and their three, four, and five starters were terrible. And they never contended in 87. The year after the Boston Strong year in 2014, let's face it, the 2013 World Championship was a bit of a fluke. It was a bunch of players who were cobbled together to fill in while the team that was being developed in the minor leagues could gestate. And that team just happened to have won the World Series. But none of the Johnny Gomeses or Napoli's or even the Uaharas were supposed to be a long-term solution for the Red Sox. And the team in 2014 was, quite frankly, the team I thought they were going to be in 2013. But this feels different. This feels different because, well, the bats are a little slow. Fine. Their bullpen is, save for yesterday's meltdown, doing well, but they don't have the big anchor But it feels different because of Sale. And Sale has been nothing short of dreadful. Yes, he lost that one game, only one nothing to Oakland, but he's looked bad. He's looked really, really bad. And it got me thinking about star pitchers who fall off a cliff. Like Cliff Lee. You know, in 2013, he was a Cy Young contender. 2014 was his last season. I'm not even talking about pitchers like J.R. Richard, you know, the extreme cases like his stroke. I'm thinking about pitchers like Roy Halladay, who was the best or next best pitcher in baseball from 2008 to 2011. 2012, he was mediocre. By 2013, he was washed up. And by 2014, he was out of baseball. For me, a child of the 80s, Valenzuela between 80, Fernando Valenzuela between 86 and uh, eight, 81 and 86, write him an ink for the All-Star game. 
every year, ace. And after 86, he was up and down to the point where he wasn't even on the playoff roster in 88, and then he got bounced around the majors in the 1990s, a shell of his former self. You just drive up the 101 from where I'm sitting right now, you'll be at Oracle Park, formerly AT&T Park. One of the biggest stars, most beloved stars who's ever played there was Tim Lincecum. Cy Young candidate. Every year between 2008 and 2011, by 2012, he was a middle reliever in the postseason. And by 2014, he was a mop-up man. And now he's out of baseball. And both Fernando and Tim threw no-hitters during those points of decline to sort of give the illusion that, oh, the ace is still there. But it's not. They fell off a cliff. Remember Mark Mulder was an ace, and then suddenly, boom, rotator cuff surgery, that's it. Chris Sale is not a rookie. He's been named to seven all-star teams. We have to remember, he's been around for a little bit. Seven all-star games. He's been in the majors for a decade with a wild, unpredictable motion. And he's shown a lot of durability up to this point. But this feels different than, say, Corey Kluber's tough start with the Indians. Because, you know, Kluber is older, and he's made it to his mid-30s with a lot of durability, and his bad games just feel like, oh, he had a bad inning here and there. He'll straighten it out. What if this is it? What if this is the rapid decline of Chris Sale? You know, he's around the same age that Josh Beckett was when he fell off a cliff. How fast did Beckett go from money ace who led two different franchises to a World Series title to, man, we need to get this guy out of here. Sale's already older than Lincecum was when he collapsed. And so I'm borderline begging the Red Sox to sign Dallas Keuchel to fill in a role in the rotation because they need it. You know, I was talking about the sauce and just I just one taste of it, I got an idea. I've taken a taste of it saying, look it, this is serious, serious rotation issues that the Red Sox are having. I don't think that was grammatically correct, and I'm not even going to correct it because you understand what I meant, and this is vital. I don't need to taste 162 games worth to look up and say, I've seen this show before. I've seen it when the Red Sox can't rely on formerly reliable starters. That's what happened in the Bobby Valentine year more than anything. When he couldn't rely on Lester, he couldn't rely on Buckholz, he couldn't rely on Beckett. Boom, you're going to lose a ton of games. And it's not just Sale. Sale's the glorious ace of the team, although that mantle may have to be passed on to Price after his performance in the World Series and how he's looked so far. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez has been awful this year. And so has Rick Porcello. Porcello is having a career that's kind of similar, a Red Sox career that's similar to Derek Lowe, where he's great one year, awful the next, great one year, awful the next. Remember that, Red Sox fans? It's easy to remember the glory times with Derek Lowe. Remember when he was preceded by a word that starts with F every time he was pitching? And if Porcello is awful this year, and Sale may be falling off a cliff, and Rodriguez stinks, that means 60% of your starts are probably going to stink. And you can see that early. It's not, oh, man, Sale Sale was pitching great except for that one inning. Oh, that's why his ERA is up. No, he's looked bad. 
30-something-year-old, we've seen this before. If they have a season where 60% of their starts are being handed to pitchers who make you cross your fingers going, oh boy, we got to win 10-9 to today, then you're not going to pass the Yankees, and you're sure as hell not going to pass the Rays. Give Keuchel a try. How could it be worse? What, are you, what else are you planning? How much of the sauce do you need to eat before you say, wait a minute, this is an issue. And a potential, if nothing else, Band-Aid is available via free agency. You know, I had some, I wrote something about this on Twitter the other day. So who would you supplant to that Red Sox lineup? Am I missing where Rodriguez is going to win a Cy Young Award this year? And hell, Porcello pitched well out of the bullpen for the Red Sox in the postseason last year. What would be the worst thing that happened if you said, you know what, we're going to start Keiko and use Porcello as a 7th and 8th inning guy? How, how is that worse? Give it a try. This is early enough that it could be fixed, but I've seen enough to say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think we need to put some more garlic in this because this just doesn't taste right. It's only one spoonful. Nah. It doesn't taste right. So we'll see what happens. Got a weekend series coming up with Tampa Bay where the Rays can either push the Red Sox down into the mud or the Red Sox can start to make up some of those games for the division. But if there is a problem and it can be fixed early, why not fix it? All right, I promise not to harp about the Red Sox tomorrow. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Lockdown MLB and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or leave a negative one. I'll read those too. And remember to check out the other great baseball podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And check out the other sports, the NFL and the NBA stuff. It's all great stuff going on here. Pass them around and spread the word. I'm having a lot of fun doing this and hopefully you're having fun listening. Till then, this is Locked on MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.